You're listening to Growth Vertical, a podcast that inspires people to reach the next vertical point in their journeys. My name's Neil Patel and I'm a digital marketer. I'll be sitting down to share my experiences to help others find the right strategies to grow themselves, their careers and their businesses. Hey everyone, welcome back to Growth Vertical. Today's an actual special episode. A while back I actually dropped on my Instagram as well that we're going to have a special guest. And today I have here with me Rohan Chobe. Rohan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great and I'm thrilled to be speaking with you. I know we have been interacting on the Reddit subreddit and it's a good to see you live in person. Yeah, it's it's really great to actually have you here as well. You know, we wanted to talk about a great topic. We were actually interacting a few weeks ago. How did we how did we actually meet? It's a bit of a weird story, right? So, I'm sure it was like I was posting on a subreddit um, a growth hacking subreddit, but I didn't know that it belonged to anyone in particular. I thought it was just an open Reddit. Um, and I think I was searching, to, I was looking to hire someone. Is that right? And then you reached out to me about the rules and I remember how you said, hey, well, we have a separate, um, we have a separate like conversations or threads for this. And this is specifically for the growth hacking forum. So it's pretty, pretty unusual, but a lot of fun, right? Um, but yeah, look like, I guess we sort of started speaking, right? And now we're here having a conversation and specifically on the topic about growth hacking. Uh, Yeah, I think um, what's exciting is that I never really thought that I would be able to, you know, communicate with people uh, because when I joined Reddit, it was so anonymous um, and uh, not every, it's not like Facebook where or LinkedIn, where people have real identities and their employment histories uh, written, right? So it was sort of strange for me to even think of, you know, making friends on the subreddit. But then I realized that, okay, these may be um, anonymous profiles, but then there are real people behind that. And I started connecting with people. So I don't essentially own the subreddit. Uh, It was actually created by Ryan Holiday. And Ryan moved on I know in his career with different topics and he forgot about the subreddit and it became like a hub for all the black hat um, you know tactics and spam so what I had to do is in the back in um, I guess November 2020 they handed over the subreddit to me for moderation so of course it's still an open community but we do not allow certain types of content, let's say a blog post with a link or a job post, because for that, we already have growthhackers.com, which is like the main community. In On the subreddit, we want to make it more conversational and discussion-based forum where we are sharing things that we are doing with our startups, organizations we are working with, and you know kind of having like a secret alliance between growth hackers from around the world uh think of it like you know we are magicians trying to trade our secrets with each other we do not really want um i mean it is not necessary that the audience knows it but it's just like a trade and um exchange between us sharing the latest and greatest from growth hacking uh that's that's the purpose of the subreddit but I'm really glad we met there. Yeah, I, I agree, right? Because we were, you know, growth hacking is a topic that usually comes up on a daily basis. Um, it, that term has been thrown around by a lot of marketers as well. Growth marketing, have you, you know, growth growth hacking, you know, anything to do with just, let's say, even apparently 
I've heard of I've heard of people say lead hackers as well, and I don't understand how that would work. But lead generation, right? We can just go to the original stuff. I'm sure that's fine. But just for everyone that's wondering why we're having this sort of episode today, is because we we always talk we always talk about how can we grow a business, how can we grow a startup. Now, a lot of businesses, a lot of startups, the entire sphere has sort of has blown up over the last decade, or probably even long more, especially. Especially in the last five years, you definitely, you definitely hear the term, you definitely see roles about people trying to hire, startups trying to hire growth hackers or growth marketers to come in and sort of try out these weird experiments, try out these new ways of actually building up a user base for a particular, a particular platform, let's say in the technology space, but they don't want to spend the dime, right? They want to keep their costs low. And how do, you, how do we talk about getting in leads or getting generating business at such a low cost? So that's why today, guys, I've got Rohan here, and we're going to talk about you know growth hacking and how you can do so for early stage startups, but without using any ads, right? So we're going to be sharing some strategies there, and hopefully some actionable tips on what you can implement when you get away from this episode. So, but before we get into it, Rohan, I kind of wanted you to some some guys, some of the girls might not know exactly who you are. Community might not know, you know. I'm sure that someone has heard heard of you because. You've done some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, for example, everyone, for those of you who don't know, you know, Rohan is one of the authors behind the Growth Hacking book, which was uh, a top seller across Amazon. And also he's been featured on the next web, Forbes, Huffington Post. And so Rohan, I think if you could give everyone a bit of a background about, you know, what is it you do? Why are you into Growth Hacking? You know, what, what brought you into this sphere? sphere? Right. Sure. <laughs> so, um... I am a uh, best-selling author of the Growth Hacking book 1 and 2. Uh, so the book is an anthology with a lot of contributors from several different countries. But I am the producer of the book. I am the publisher of the book with my partner. And the book has become an international bestseller in multiple countries. I am in Mumbai, India. And in India, it was number one. like on the entire Amazon store, it was ranking number one. So it was not a specific category, but like the nationwide store, uh, that that's the level of success we had with the book. Uh, the second is that uh, I noticed so many different countries doing their own growth hacking days. And I really appreciate, you know, our fraternity of marketers and growth hackers taking initiative to do that, to evangelize growth hacking and growth marketing. But then um, I felt that it was, you know, they being a little exclusive and not being inclusive of the other parts of the world. So I wanted to have like a space and hub where we could actually have, you know, the entire world together, uh, come together for a movement, the growth hacking movement. It was, of course, created by Sean Ellison, the, um, um, you know, Silicon Valley and all these tech giants. Um, and people in the tech startups already talk about it, but it doesn't have to be restricted there. We could actually, you know, promote it to every single part of the world, wherever there are startup cultures emerging. So I wanted to make it a global movement, and that's why I, you know, got people in my first book. That's why I said um, there there were nine people from nine countries. In the second one, we had people from twenty countries. We ended up making like a, a world record of. Uh, a business book having uh, contributors from multiple nationalities. It is approved by the Golden Book of Records. 
and we also announced uh, July 13th as the International Growth Hacking Day. We have been celebrating it um, from 2019. So in 2019, it was like an offline event. In 2020, it became online also thanks to COVID. And now in 2021, we are trying to expand it to these um, 20 countries that we collaborated the last year. Also, um, currently what I'm doing is um, I am um, head of growth at a social media company, which, in, which I cannot name, uh, but I'm yeah, leading their growth. Uh, uh, I mean, this is one of the latest announce, uh, um, things that I also wanted to share with you. Uh, from Monday, I'm joining them. So I'm really excited to see how things function at scale and especially social media because uh, that's where we all are at. Uh, I've been working with some startups in New York, DC, Bay Area, all remotely, of course. And my key specialization is getting startups from, you know, from 100 to 100,000 users and customers. And like I said, there are certain, you know, good media <laughs> mentions around me. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's not really relevant to the discussion. So um, I'll keep that intro to <laughs> limited to that. That's fine. I mean, I appreciate the actual, you know, the, the, I guess the introduction into what you've been doing. To be fair, it sounds like you've had like a sensational journey. I know I followed a few bits, especially when we first met. I sort of read up a bit about you and I was like, this is actually pretty insane how you've uh, managed to like sort of take take sort of lead right of the growth hackers community and and really finding a place where you can not even across just growth hackers but anyone from the startup environment can just come in and sort of interact and find and share ways to actually grow the business right i think that's particularly phenomenal because not many people allow a mix and match approach and i think that's really powerful because you always need a fresh pair of eyes to actually push things further so I'm, I'm super, yeah, I'm super happy to have you here and, and I'm sure everyone else is like sort of exciting to see what sort of stuff we have to share. So, you know, I'm, I was going to ask you what led you to create, you know, to write up the book with the rest of the, with the other authors as well, but uh, you, you definitely answered that. So I think what we could do is let's go on to actual strategies, right? So I think let's give people the meaty stuff about why they're here, right? So of course, everyone wants, everyone, everyone of you out there, whether you're a marketer, you're looking to actually growth hack a startup or you're trying to look for different growth marketing experiments that you want to run for a particular startup. And then you have the actual startups themselves, the actual founders, the business owners that are just trying to build up the initial user base, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a bit about the strategy that we're going to have here. So I think, Rohan, do you want to touch on a first sort of strategy that you could be using in a in a particularly i guess broader sense right of what people could apply or what they could think about this is how i look at it right so when you're designing growth experiments or brainstorming growth experiments you essentially want to come up with um, you know all the possible ideas that you could implement and then prioritize that and then, uh, you know, test the, uh, I mean, do the actual execution to test your hypothesis. And if at all, it, you know, if, if, if at all you feel your experiment was successful, of course, backed by data, you go on to, you know, systemize it further and, and continue to do that. If something is not working, you pivot from there and try to, you know, um, iterate the experiment with different variables. Um, th that's sort of, you know, the approach that we have with growth hacking. Moving on to very specific strategies, let's say um, just just 
um, let's say not getting into a specific example of whether it's going to be a SaaS application or a mobile application or Chrome extension or a desktop app, just talking generally, uh, any product that you build, the, I think what differentiates us as growth hackers from digital marketers really is that how are we able to come to an alignment with our marketing expertise and understanding of the product, understanding the user behavior and the technology to, you know, um, really scale the experiments that we are trying to do. So what I would begin with is thinking that, okay, if this is the product that we have, how can we, you know, sort of use the product and the existing users to like come into a self-feeding loop. If I have, let's say, 100 users right now, how can I make these 100 users at least get us 200 of them? And uh, how do we make the another 200 to get us the next 400? So that's where I think uh, product-led growth uh, uh, comes in. So uh, look at products like, um, th there is this uh, payment application in India, we call it Google Pay. Uh, what Google Pay does is, they, when you become a user to them, you have to essentially, you have an option to invite um, any number of your friends and you get certain monetary reward for if your friends ends up signing up. Similarly, platforms like, let's say, Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp would have an invite feature, but there is no incentive for you to have them on the platform other than just the network effect and you getting to see their lives. But what this fintech company did, um, Google, uh, with their payment application is they gave the actual monetary rewards to their users. So, of course, they would already have some sort of um, um, acquisition cost. So, instead of spending that on paying for ads or anything else, they, you know, gave it to the users who got, uh, who invited more of their friends and family on the platform. Uh, so, so, that's one great example of uh, product-led growth that I could find. I was also working with this company called... Um, uh, I don't remember their name exactly. I guess it was in video. It's an online video editor tool. And what we used to do is we had like a freemium plan, just like Canva. We would let our users edit the videos for free. In fact, we also removed the logo of our um, company. And if they could, ex uh, they could export the videos without any branding, even though you are a free user. And that's what made the product so good that people don't want to share with others. So in that case, how do you get people to, you know, um, share about your product? So what we did, uh, we realized that, you know, this is the product that people want to not share because it's so good. Uh, that, that's also one, you know, downside of being such a great product because then your users are like, if I share this product with my audience, it is likely that, you know, uh, they might end up losing their job. The reason being, some of the users use our, uh, plat use our platform to actually offer services for video making. And the tool made it so easier that people did not wanted other people to know that because they were offering that as a service. So what we did to encourage them to share is um, we allowed them to sort of have a, like a panel shown to share on social. 
and basis of their share they would unlock certain premium features that would you know encourage them to share further so so we sort of you know found a way to do that and um, uh, it it resulted in good number of you know uh, product led growth um so it's it's more of like you know um they sharing it to their social channels and then that inviting other people's uh, other people into the product and then they again so the new users again sharing it on their social and the new users coming in so the, it's like a self feeding loop that that's what we are looking at uh so so yeah these were some of the case studies that uh, i've personally worked on if if there is anything more to add to the points um and after listen to me it's actually interesting you brought some of the ones that are actually more user generated focused as well right so whether they have to take control and share that which kind of made me think of dropbox now dropbox had an amazing uh you know start especially the way they grew it it was phenomenal in the way that they did so it's simply by telling you to join dropbox and when you get the invite right you can uh, share your specific invite link and you can unlock more space now space being the major commodity of the platform is essentially it's its own usp as well right when you share it because you everyone wants space you know we're in a we're in a cloud storage sort of um i guess environment with this sort of generation now where everything's stored on the cloud so you know they really saw it coming and to implement that sort of strategy is amazing there's other i would say that there are other strategies out there which probably don't rely on just ref- only referrals but almost generating fomo like oneplus did where you have to be have an invite only to get your own handset and as as essentially the demand or the buzz generates around the product more and more people want that product right a lot more people wanted oneplus i remember someone telling me about oneplus i was like what 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 the hell is that you know what is the oneplus and you know like 5 years later i think oneplus 5t was my first oneplus but i was i still felt good to have a oneplus because i realized oh my god this was a thing back in the day where you'd only be allowed to be invited by a friend or something to get the actual headset and there's some amazing guest strategies out there giving products away for free One thing I really want to touch on is APIs, right? Because a lot of people find APIs difficult to growth hack, right? Just because of the nature of it. You generally want to build um you generally want to look at sort of how you can use an API as part of your infrastructure whether you're a tech startup or whatever and you want to specifically find a new way to grow it. Now, how it when people talk about APIs, they think it's not exciting, it's not very sexy to market. So, how on earth are we going to hack growth hack this? and um, one thing i think i urge a lot of people to think about is api limits right so we're talking about the limits of maybe requesting certain calls a number of calls from the api right if you limit that then you know you're limiting essentially the reach that someone has you know in terms of using the power of your api right so that's just one way but there's a ton of other ways in terms of if your api specifically helps generate or you know create a specific result for the client or the customer or whoever then you essentially want to think about ideas around the result right it's always it always should be results focused because that's exactly what the user wants at the end of the day so if you give them enough but you realize that you limit it enough to make sure that they're yearning for more then you're going to have a successful you know strategy in place right to actually getting someone else on the platform and it never has to be referral based but it could always be start off free you know hit a certain number of limits for example and then pay for the rest right or get a get a get a, almost like an upsell on the rest of the request limits that you want to unlock which is pretty interesting so that's one strategy guys right uh, or two i should say because we're talking about testing as well which Ron kindly spoke about 
So I think another interesting one is people trying to, you mentioned digital marketing and growth marketing, right? When growth marketers are technically digital marketers who have just evolved in some shape or form to understand how you can run experiments whilst also thinking creatively around the product and really associating, hey, well, how can I connect the dots with the audience of what they truly love about the product, what they truly feed uh, feedback as, hey, they love this, but they need improvements in these particular areas. How can you take that, cultivate that and build that into a almost a market market facing strategy so that you can get more users on board? And I think that's the turning point there. Digital marketers can be associated with being siloed in their particular channels, right? Or in their particular collective strategy, but not thinking too creatively around the product. And growth marketers, I think, take that step further, which leads me, which leads me to say that Another strategy we should definitely discuss is targeted outreach and light IBM, right? So it when we talk about growth marketing, it shouldn't be only about marketing like inbound. We're talking about SDR driven as well, business development driven as well, how you can source different leads, how you can go after different industries. How can you go about finding the right messaging and finding the right target audience? I think that's a growth like experiment in itself, right? Setting that up from the get go. And I think what I usually love to talk about when I help any client or any customer is first off, do we have any persona research? Do we have any segmentation that you've tried and tested across anyone? Have you listened to your sales calls? Have you gone across any of the existing deal history you have, any of the trial history you have? Have you found out any issues with the product or any um, issues with, you know, what the client or the prospect was experiencing for them to even consider you? A lot of people miss that step. And I think that's an easy way to find, hey, I found five patterns or like this common pattern across these five clients, right? Or these five prospects. And I think we are finding something that's a major pain point here. If we appeal to that first and prioritize that, you're talking about not spending ad dollars on things that shouldn't matter. But you can, if you want to spend ad dollars, then you know exactly where you should be prioritizing that. And that's exactly where you got the feedback from customers. Right. Do, Rohan, have you have you come across that sort of growth hacking before where you're talking about, let's say, you're positioning your SDR team or your lead generation specialists with a particular and arm them with a particular messaging and pain point for a particular like persona type so that you can growth hack in that specific vertical? Yeah, I think sometimes it happens. And because I deal with a lot of early stage startups, so early stage startups are not really sure which segment they want to target and you and and they feel that everyone it's it's like number one um uh you know uh n- not finding the word what to say but it's like you know everyone thinks that everyone is their customers which is which is not uh the the reality so what i think is that we try to segment you know all the audience they think they are the audience into different several different segments and then try to um, have some data backed answer to okay which segment responds to us in a way that we expect them to and what converts the best and and then once you know that okay everyone is an audience but then certain segments respond to you well versus the others so it's time that at least initially you focus on that versus everyone else you could you know uh, of course it's your copy and the messaging couldn't be about everyone so you have to nail it down to one specific uh, person or segment whatever you want to call it talking of the outreach because you also mentioned about the apis 
um, for the platform. The other side of it is that we as growth hackers using, um, you know, APIs to, uh, you know, thing, perform experiments on scale. Just to give you an example, back in 2018, what I did, I took the um, Twitter API and created a SaaS application out of it and I sort of created groups of journalists, bloggers, business people, politicians, um, activists and uh, like freelancers and regular users, something like that. So like different um, groups essentially. And then we uh, let these users interact with each other through the API calls and it was just automatic that they will like each other. And what Twitter would do is in the newsletters, it sends you like a daily or weekly or monthly newsletter showing the top tweets. And because of the engagement and similar um, uh, accounts liking you, you end up being in the newsletter that they send out. Also, when you sign, log into your account, you are shown certain top tweets under specific topics or just your feed. The topic, they recently started doing it in back in 2018, it wasn't there. But the top tweets were shown um, on the top or something like in case you missed it, which was essentially the tweets, Twitter feeds you would be interested in. And if you if that tweet got certain number, uh, not really like there was a number to the number of engagement associated, but in a way that, you know, it is having more impressions or engagement, it would naturally show up. So we were, you know, boosting these engagement, getting more followers, because if one influencer is cross posting with another one, of course, the audience will, there will be an audience overlap, but there will always be mutually exclusive audience that would want to follow both the influencers and, you know, both of them. It's a win-win for all of us. Uh, it ran for like nine months or eight months, I guess. And then Twitter killed it. They changed the API policies and did not let me cross post between multiple influencers. But in that eight months, I grew my account uh, very quickly. And, and it was a major win for me to realize that I did not do any work for eight months and my account was growing. People were um, using the app and we also had like, we break, we break even in three months and had about 1,200 users using my product. Uh, that was one example of using APIs and doing, you know, the outreach. In the Valley, they call it eating your own dog food. Um, you essentially, we were using our own product to grow our own product. And um, it, it was interesting. Now, now that I'm playing a lot with Reddit, I was reading through the Reddit API documents and I realized that they have an um, endpoint for messaging and uh, so many other actions that you can take. So I see new products around Reddit upcoming, which one of the example is Howitzer. They allow you to, you know, message people on scale using a specific keyword. And then you can also track the sentiment of the users, whether it's positive, negative or neutral. I think that's great, right? So anyone having a positive sentiment towards a specific topic or product, you would just want to, you know, um, uh, target those users. Uh, so, so there is a lot that can be done. I did something similar on Instagram as well with APIs uh, related to data and stuff like that. But what, what's, uh, what I'm trying to suggest is that being a social media marketer is one thing, 
and then using social media as a growth market is another completely different thing and and this is what i expect out of growth hackers that they dig into the engineering blogs the api documents the limits of the platform and how much we can push the platform and perform or scale our experiments to what extent um yeah i think i started with the sales development and segmentation and reached to the outreach part of it but yeah i think it all makes sense if we see it together i agree it comes collect it comes through collectively because one can you there's nothing wrong with running multiple um experiments together so long you have their variables consist well you have that particular variable control and you have the rest that are isolated right so that um you only have one changing variable at at every time there are times where you can change multiple variables but in the interest of keeping things simple you know people should be able to even simply let's say going back to like the lead generation aspect from sales outreach i did something so simple where we took i took advantage of the sourcing process we had and simply just created and pulled a bunch of the leads right from different industry different like seniorities because we did not know what like what target market to go after um what seniority was our best bet right um we can do a ton of analysis on what we have existing but if we haven't tested it in a particular environment in a test environment then it's very difficult to say hey this data technically shows me that this is my target this is my ideal audience this is my ideal vertical let's go after these guys first to get you know we need to definitely make up some market share in that area first and then we move over to other verticals and i think what i did was for example set up an email outbound automation sort of um system where we were ab testing as we were trying to lead generate leads right so we were taking a pool of these leads that were being sourced of the ideal i would say target audience and we had consistent like variables under control and we were changing just one variable for each email for example with a type of messaging and we were seeing what messaging resonates with all those audiences first right is it like cost saving for example or is it the fact that uh we increase a productivity or is it the fact that we uh provide flexibility in their infrastructure whatever we're targeting right um there's depending on the benefit of your business and the also the feature that you want to associate that with you know once you tie that into a unique value proposition and you isolate one of those variables and you change it up per email you're talking about testing a particular unique message for multiple audiences which allows you to understand how is everyone reacting now this is interesting cuz ab testing goes like a lot of people throw around the ab test and they'll say hey i i i tested 20 emails to audience a and 20 emails to audience b like and my b outperformed a and i was like how is that possible it's only 20 people that you sent it to and what people don't understand is statistical significance is really important when you're growth hacking as well right you want to gather enough data and keep the experiment lo- running long enough or even if it's in short bursts for a week for example you do a week you actually review the results to see what you can slightly tweak that doesn't have a major impact on the test and then you just run it again for more data right or you run it in intervals which is really important and i think that's what a lot of people don't understand is it's okay to um keep it on for a while because you need to gather enough data right and obviously at the on the back end of that one caveat is that if something you know is definitely dying in terms of an experiment just kill it right it that's what growth hacking is once you identify that this experiment isn't working well at all instead of being scared of oh my god it didn't work 
the best thing to do is to kill it and move on to your next experiment, right? That's why we have a promotion and a demotion system when you're doing growth experiments. And that's why we take it in week intervals. Some people like to take it in two weeks, three weeks. Some people take six months to run a test, right? But it, that's just dependent on the n- amount of data they want, the, I guess, the, um, the size of the actual campaign they want to run and the test that they want to run. So that's a good, ex- like, I thought that ex- that example is relevant just simply because it was using simple channels like email and LinkedIn messaging. And we were just testing different messaging across multiple audiences, just having controlled variables. The last, I think we last spoke about, so you can A-B test on email and LinkedIn and use it very simply. And as everyone knows, LinkedIn's a really nice network to do any experiments on right now, but you have to be careful, right? Because LinkedIn are very strict, but their platform is really good at the moment. So their algorithms are quite nice to marketers at the moment and particularly these people who just want to network. Now, one thing that um, we shouldn't do as growth hackers or growth marketers is that I would say that I've learned over time, it's never good to just like almost set up something, spray and just pray, right? As bad as that sounds, it sounds a bit weird, but um, no one wants a broad brush campaign all the time because to be honest, it's not gonna have any ROI, right? You wanna find out what's the best way I can sort of isolate an audience, target them with specific messaging or anything like that, and then like scale to a different audience, right? Or, Or test another audience and then scale up the audience that worked that showed the most promise. And I think that's what a lot of growth marketers and growth hackers tend to, well, the early bird ones at least, I think we all go through this, right? Let's all send an email campaign to 50,000 people and see if it works. But that's not exactly how it works. And I think we realize those mistakes over time. So I wanna, I think, I don't know if there's any like more strategies you wanna share, but there was one that I was particularly interested in and it's very simple. I think. Uh, Ron, you might have come across this, and that's like almost host parasite marketing, right? Or the idea of just collab. Let's just keep it simple and call it collaborative marketing, right? Um, so I'm talking about. Let's say we go re- revisit the idea of API integration. Now, Rohan, I would, you know, what's your thoughts on the whole host parasite marketing like strategy, running those, and, and you know, co-marketing, co-selling? Like, what sort of what sort of ideas have you? had their own case studies have you had there right um so i would maybe we can also call it partnership sometimes um so uh depending on you know what the arrangement really is so look at it this way um again picking example of nvidia because that's uh, that was one of my latest employees so what happened at Nvidia is that uh, the team was re- so you can essentially have three kinds of partnerships. One is where a brand is working with, let's say, an individual or an influencer, or you know maybe a public figure or whoever who, with influence and authority. The second would be um, a brand is working with a brand which is not direct competitor, but they both would benefit out of working together and being in collaboration. And the third is when a brand is working with a community and they benefit out of the community partnership. So brand with brand, brand with an influencer and brand with a community is, is I think I would classify partnerships as of three kinds. So at NVIDIA, we were working with, um, uh, with a model brand and influencer. So we were targeting YouTube creators to 
do a video review of our tool uh, YouTube and SEO being their major revenue sources and traffic sources uh, what I did with them is they were already talking to 250 youtubers per month for the collaborations for the video reviews and we were either giving them the product for free or sponsoring their videos so um, uh, we found that YouTube was a very easy channel for us to scale and we were seeing the revenues very instant because some of the YouTubers had like really dedicated following and they really took action to whatever the YouTubers and creators said. So I thought of scaling 250, I mean reaching out to 250 YouTubers per month to 8,500. Of course, YouTube has restriction of, you know, uh, they put you in the verification to find the email address of the YouTubers, but I found a work around it and we were able to get the data and then we reached out to them. And ultimately now if we search for the brand keyword, there are so many videos around um, the brand that I, I don't think any other video creator would have so much of reviews. Maybe Canva would be the number one and the second I would see you as in video uh, with with maximum number of reviews on YouTube and YouTube still I guess continues to be the major channel for them I thought okay if this works for one brand it should be working for others I did the exact same model did it with another company it worked did it with another company it worked and now recently I was working with this one uh, major e-commerce um, um, platform i mean it's like shopify for india it's called insta mojo and uh, they um, we just ran it for uh, last two weeks we just ran the influencer campaign last week for them and they told me uh, told us that uh, uh, it was like the most successful campaign in the month of may so what i've realized is that some things like a few experiments would are universally applicable to majority of the brands and their results are almost same when you just replicate the same process so it's it's the knowledge base that we've created working with so many brands that it's just easy to you know replicate the same model so what was working here is you know a brand working with an influencer in in let's say a case like um, something small like you know a brand partnering with let's say a subreddit um, and they essentially you know uh, so let's say let's think of phantom buster partnering with growth hacking subreddit because growth a uh, phantom buster is like you know a growth hackers tool so phantom buster is likely to benefit from the partnership because the audience is right the messaging they they have control of and the audience we already have nurtured these people and they trust whatever is posted here and it's just the right audience for them uh, i think we have covered brand and influencer um, brand and community the third one would be brand like co-marketing with another brand so think of it like um, there's this one example uh, one of our friends it's uh, the app is called i mean the SaaS product is called expandy.io they are a LinkedIn marketing tool um, and what what the USP is that they send personalized messages in your LinkedIn outreach messages. So it's like I could send you a GIF 
and it, it, like a moving GIF with your name on it or anything like personalized and I've never seen that before and I realized that they were able to do this by partnering with Hyperize. So Expandy is a tool for LinkedIn, Hyperize is a tool for um, personalization and both came together to create this um, integration, made these integrations possible and now both of these brands are benefiting out of the users that they have and they are co-promoting essentially. Same is with you know any sort of integration having you know your SaaS product having integration with Zapier or just just anything there are so many integration marketplaces as well and uh, some of these uh, tools uh, are having so many integration partners that they end up creating a marketplace and that marketplace drives growth for the integrated partners. Um, so, so yeah, I think uh, these are some amazing examples that I've seen. I'm guessing you haven't come to terms with whether to call it a GIF, a GIF, or a Jiffy, right? There's that big, it's, <laughs> it's a big argument across the community. But you know, I'm I'm sure that not many people still like understand which one's the right term. I think someone came out with it and said it was Jiffy, right? But God knows. Um, but it's really interesting that you say that, you know, with API specifically, you want to create like this marketplace. Actually, I've found that when you do, when you actually build API integrations for a specific partner or for someone that you're, you're targeting, you can almost treat that as, hey, we've done the upfront work. Here's the value, right? We would love to partner with you. And they're going to turn around and say, hey, these guys built an entire integration for our platform, you know, uh, and just simply by connecting their tool to ours. And there's some really good examples, like you mentioned with Zapier, there's Atlassian, who's a huge, you know, giant when it comes to the marketplace of APIs as well, right? Because they have their own platform. But there's some interesting stuff, even with licensing, right? So just finding partnerships, but getting someone to uh, almost grab a li like a licensing agreement so that they can sell on to their customers on behalf of you. Why? Because they have access to the entire user base, right? The only issue I, I see is that there's a lot of like founders or that that don't want to go through the licensing route or don't want to give away anything to do with the platform. But I think that it's okay sometimes, so long you've worked out a good enough deal where there's good control for your business, but there's also control for the end, like the end partner, for them to sort of tailor the way that they want to charge back, right, those clients, because they already have a structure in place. And for them to recreate a structure is a lot of up like a lot of work on their end. So if you provide them with that model, then there's more, it's more likely that you're going to get a good partnership in place, right? And they're going to give you some great recommendations. So I think, you know, definitely one for a lot of people to consider that always flies underneath the radar. Like not a lot of people like tend to consider it, but it should be considered. But um, look, I don't, I think those are great strategies we've shared today. I think uh, there's a lot more we can always talk about. And I'm sure, like, I'm hoping that we can have you back on here as well, Rohan, because it's been amazing, right? So, you know, I, I appreciate it. I don't know if there's anything you want to add before we sort of wrap up in the interest of time. Yeah, I think um, there's, there's one message that I share um, everywhere I go, and, it's, and, and it is this. One is, of course, to learn from people who have been there and done that, especially applicable to growth marketers. Uh, you want to be, you know, updated with everything latest happening and what are the new tools and channels and specific strategies on those channels. 
so always be connected with you know your peers the second is collaboration um i always believe in collaboration this what we are doing right now itself is an example of collaboration and the third is to teach people who are just starting out maybe you know first time founders or majorly like new growth hackers or growth marketers who may not have understood the term yet and they are they still think that growth hacks are silver bullets which essentially we know that they are really growth experiments and not really silver bullets so yeah the three things uh, learn from people who have been there and done that collaborate with your peers and the third one being um um teach your like teach the newbies essentially uh, and that that's those are fantastic points i think i am i don't have anything to add because i would actually advocate all of those you know me and rohan sort of got together through just shared networking and just by chance try to interact on groups right on subreddits and i think i encourage everyone to do so as well because asking for help is never a problem you're always going to be in a position where you are just carrying out digital marketing but there's going to be an opportunity where you know you have to figure out something around the product you know how you can get growth how you can sort of ensure that you get high growth from from nothing essentially how can you do that how can you spin it out of thin air that's where you get creative that's where you everything that you know from digital marketing gets applied there but you also have to understand the audience the top the product the space so that you can see hey what can i suggest here in terms of a strategy to really drive growth here right and i think a lot of founders and um and and ceos or you know startups overall can take this and say to themselves today at the end of the day you know how can we sort of help the either maybe the users take control of this journey so the actual users that love this product how can they can take control of this journey and sort of share that or how can we build it uh, or build a feature to support the platform's growth right so build marketing within the platform to actually get it to grow without having to spend money on ads right and that's a ads are getting expensive <laughs> so um a lot of people need to sort of find new ways to 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 growth hack essentially but there we have it everyone you know if we're looking to if you're looking to grow a startup or you're looking to grow a business uh you know and you have little to no budget these strategies today that we've shared the three um and i think we've shared like three or four today actually uh maybe a few more but you know hopefully these tips can find help you find ways of actually growing your platform growing growing your particular technology products or services um and allow you to sort of market yourself effectively efficiently without the added spend and the added waste right so thank you rohan once again you know i always you know it's it's been amazing and it's been insightful and these tips that we've definitely shared today i would say that they are actionable there's a lot of detail that some people can take away from this and actually apply in their own environments actually it's good food for thought right so that they can start thinking about experiments and strategies in a different in a different way in a very growth oriented way now one thing i'm going to say though is anyone who hasn't actually connected with rohan you know i'm sure rohan you're okay with people connecting with you but how can people find you how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions you know and how can they join this growth hacking community right yeah so i would suggest um, the best place to find me is reddit where all the wonderful discussions about growth marketing happen so just head over to reddit and search for growth hacking and you would just find our subreddit in case you want to get in touch with me um my 
Reddit account name is Intelligent Can Food. I don't know why is that name. Maybe Reddit suggested me that, and you can just Google me and to find uh, my Amazon. Uh, I mean, my books on Amazon and other other platforms. But yeah, Reddit is the place. Intelligent Can Food. Seriously. <laughs> intelligent <laughs> Can. <laughs> Reddit intelligent can be nicer food, to you. <laughs> But, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I enjoyed the discussion and the chat. I appreciate it, Rohan. And uh, what I'll do is that for everyone that didn't catch that, I'm going to link uh, some of Rohan's like, you know, his Reddit account, the Reddit sort of thread that we're talking about, the growth hacking thread. I'll link that in the description below. And I'll also provide um, a link to Rohan's Instagram so you guys can follow him and keep up to date with some of the updates he usually has. And there's a lot of updates, right? Because he's always working on some cool stuff. So anyway, everyone, if you like today's episode and you want to see more, be sure to subscribe and like the video for sure. Right. And if you have if you want to see any particular topics, if you want to if you want us to discuss any particular topics or you want to see Rohan back here on the channel, then please drop them in the comments below and we'll definitely try and follow up and create something around that. Otherwise, I appreciate everyone coming here today and thank you, Rohan, once again. Um, and I hope everyone has a good day. Take care. See ya.